0: You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose, and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me on my little corner of the internet. So today I want to talk about how to practically face your giants. I think this is probably a pretty wide topic, facing your giants and all that, but I don't feel like we ever hear anything that can practically help you do it yourself. We always hear about David and the slingshot and how he did it, but I don't feel like we ever are able to apply it to our own lives. And then when things happen, we don't really know how to do it because I mean, I don't have a slingshot, so I'm I can't really do that. So what I want to do is go through the story of David and Goliath and talk about some key things, four key things that I feel We can apply to our life when we're facing difficulties, when we're facing giants, when we're facing struggles or things that feel bigger than us, bigger than our ability. These four things you can apply to any situation, and I believe that they are going to cause you to come out in strength and be able to face the giants of your life well. What I would encourage you to do is to read 1 Samuel chapter 17. The whole chapter is the story of David and Goliath, and I'm not really gonna go and read through it because that would take a really long time, and ain't nobody got time for that, right? So I just encourage you to go through and read that chapter for yourself and let God speak to you and show you things because honestly, when I studied it and I went through it, There was a lot more than four things that God showed me. But for the sake of this episode, I picked out the top four that I feel are super relatable and super applicable to our lives. So I just encourage you to go study that out for yourself and see what God's going to point out to you. But I think most of us are familiar with the story of David and Goliath. David has already been anointed king at this point, right? Saul doesn't know that, but David has already been appointed king and he's the youngest of... Gosh, I want to say like seven brothers. And so he's got some older brothers who are probably not super happy with him. (laughs) And he's not living in the palace. He's not doing all the things that you think the newly appointed king would do. He got appointed king by Samuel and went back and did what he did every single day. And that was take care of his father's sheep. He was the little shepherd boy, um, the runt of the family the one that nobody took seriously. And maybe that's something that you can relate to. Nobody really expects big things from you because maybe you're you're young. Maybe you're not very educated. Maybe you're not very strong. Maybe you're not very smart. Maybe you don't have a lot of life experience. Whatever it is, there's always a reason why people can think less of you and why people will try and put you in a category of don't expect much from her, right? Got an email, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Always on the clock. And um, so maybe you can relate to David in this situation. And what I find interesting is after he was anointed king, again, he didn't go to the palace right away. He went back and did what God told him to do. And that was watch after the sheep and protect them from wild animals. And so maybe God, this is kind of a bonus point, by the way, this isn't one of my four but maybe god has called you to something maybe he's given you a really big vision for your life and you're like all right god i'm going to i'm going to be a pastor of a church i'm going to be a missionary in this country i'm going to be starting this business i'm going to be writing these these plays i'm going to be doing something really big that you see that god has put in your heart and yet you're not seeing it happen yet You may need to just keep doing the last thing that God told you to do, because maybe it's not time yet. Maybe he's preparing your heart and trying to get you to start thinking bigger. But until that opportunity comes, you need to stay faithful in doing what he's told you to do last. And that's what David was doing when we pick up the story. So what I want to do is go through four things uh, that God kind of showed me that helped David be able to face giant Goliath. And the first key is found in verses 29 through 30. And this is when David kind of comes up. His father, he was watching the sheep. David was watching the sheep. And his father gave him food and wanted him to take it to his older brothers who were with Saul at the battlefront. And he wanted to know, you know, tell me what's going on with the battle. I want to know. They didn't have YouTube videos yet. And so he sends David up there to go bring food to his brothers, and get information from him about how the battle is going. And that's where we are in verse 29. Well, actually, we're going to back up in verse 28. So, David's oldest brother, Eliab, listened as he spoke to the men, and he became angry with him. "'Why did you come down here?' he asked. "'Who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know your arrogance and your evil heart. You came down to see the battle.' "'What have I done now?' protested David. "'It was just a question.' Then he turned from those beside him to others in front of him and asked about the offer. The people gave him the same answer as before. I find this so incredible, and I think it's a part of the story that we usually brush over because it's not something that's usually found in a Sunday school sermon. But what happened here is really, really important, and that is David's oldest brother, Eliab, Eliab, was getting annoyed at David because David was going, what's going on? Who's this Goliath guy? What you know? Why is he coming after us? And Eliab got annoyed at David and he tried making him feel bad. Like, what are you doing here? Who'd you leave your sheep with? I bet you're not being responsible. You're supposed to be watching the sheep. You just wanted to come see the battle. You just wanted to come see what was going on. And it's ridiculous because David was only doing what his father told him to do, which was to go bring food and find out about the battle. And David, instead of defending himself, instead of fighting with his older brother and explaining why he was there and how he actually wasn't doing anything wrong, it says he turned away from him and spoke to the other people. And if you keep reading, he just goes on and asks the same question about what's Goliath doing here, what's going on. And I find this very interesting that Eliab would get like that. You know, it's very strange. He's supposed to be the oldest brother. He's supposed to be an adult and David's just a little kid. (laughs) And so I think this happens a lot, though, is that the enemy will use people around you, especially the people closest to you, to distract you from what he's called you to do. And what we need to understand is oftentimes when we step out in faith and we start doing things that God has called us to do, or we even start proclaiming things that God told us, and we start living our life with an attitude of faith rather than fear, that's going to prick some people the wrong way. Because what it's doing is it's exposing the fear or the insecurity or the lack of faith that they're operating in. And instead of dealing with that and going to God and growing in that area, a lot of times people will just want to react and want to blame you and want to try to drag you down to their level so that they feel better about where they've chosen to settle in life. And a lot of times the enemy uses the people closest to us. This was his brother. This was his oldest brother. David probably looked up to him. He probably admired him all of his life. And so it would have been really easy for David to either want to argue with him and defend himself so that Eliab wouldn't think that way about him. Or it would have been tempting for David to... um, get condemned and feel bad and go, oh, well, maybe I should go back and just not worry about this. You know, I I don't belong here, you know, and that would have been wrong too. But notice David wasn't disrespectful. He didn't argue with Eliab. He didn't even defend himself. He just turned away from Eliab and started talking to the other people and stayed focused on why he was there. And this is something that's super applicable to our lives. If you're facing a giant, if you're facing a difficulty in your life, a struggle, a temptation, an addiction, whatever it is, the first thing you need to know is that when you start facing off with it and you start living a life of faith and speaking forth faith, there's going to be people who want to distract you and want to drag you down so that they can feel better about themselves. And it's really important that you don't let these distractions take you in. And it's also important not to judge them either, because a lot of times they're only speaking from their own insecurity and their own fear. Usually it's fear that they're speaking from. It's important to love them and to deal kindly with them, but to understand that the enemy is also using them to distract you, to get your eyes off of what you were doing and onto the opinions of other people so that you will become distracted and falter in what you were doing. And we need to actively fight against that. Don't let that into your heart. Don't be distracted by what other people think. If God told you to do something, if God gave you a vision, then it doesn't matter what other people think. It really doesn't. And we need to become people who aren't distracted by what other people say, or when they try to discourage us from the faith that we have in God. But we need to keep our eyes fixed on him and continue in what he's called us to do. And the second thing is found starting in verse 33. And this is when David approaches Saul about Goliath and he wants to fight him. Saul says this, you can't go fight this Philistine, you're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was young. David answered, Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. This is such an amazing point. Again, that sometimes we overlook, but David was busy doing what God told him to do. And I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but he was already anointed king. He knew what God had called him to, and it was very big. (laughs) In fact, Saul was sitting in the seat that he should have been sitting in, according to the prophecy. So... But David didn't assert himself into the vision that God gave him. David didn't try to make it happen on his own. He was busy doing what God told him to do last, and that was protecting the sheep from lions, from bears. I mean, David was risking his life for these sheep. He didn't have to do that. He could have let one or two lambs get carried off by a bear or a lion rather than risking his own life just to save one lamb. I don't think his father would have blamed him too much for that. But David took it as an assignment from God. He put his life on the line. He gave it his all. He didn't do it half-heartedly. He put his entire life into this calling of protecting these sheep. And because he did that, he was able to face Goliath because he had faced the smaller battles that God had brought him victory in. And too often, we don't want to face the small battles. We don't want to you know, take the small things that seriously. We just want to be depressed. We just want to get in the flesh. We just want to gossip a little bit. We just want to be a little hurt and offended. We just want to be the victim for just a little bit because we deserve to, right? And so we do that. And then when the big battles come, we don't understand why we have no faith. We don't understand why we're not seeing results. And it's because we're letting our calling right now just slip through our fingers. We're not taking it seriously. When you're faithful in the little, then you will be made faithful over much. And if you want to be able to face the giants that are going to come your way in this life, then you need to fight the small battles with purpose and with strength. We need to stay busy with what God called us to do now. God may have given you a really big vision. You may have a really big idea for what God has for your life, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in business, whether it's in the arts, whether it's in your family, whatever it is, you probably have a pretty big vision. And if you don't, you need to get one. But once you do, it's going to be really tempting to want to drop everything and just focus on wanting to get that, wanting to get your hands on what you see. But what God is showing you is, no, this is what I'm trying to grow you into. So in order for you to become a person who can handle this, I need you to focus on what I've given you now, whether that's, a podcast or a YouTube channel, or whether that's a full-time job where you're earning a steady paycheck, no matter if it has anything to do with your calling or not, whether it's going to school and being a faithful student and doing well in your grades, whether it's to serve another ministry right now and to learn and to help their vision grow. Wherever God has planted you right now, take it seriously and understand that that is what is going to grow you to become a person who can handle bigger and bigger things in the future. All right, the third key to facing the giants, I think is actually really funny. And that's starting in verse 38. It says, Then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on armor. David strapped his sword on over the military clothes and tried to walk, but he was not used to them. I can't walk in these, David said to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in the pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. I really, really like this point, and that is you can't use someone else's armor. Too often when we're facing difficulties or hard things or struggles in our life, when we're facing off with giants, we tend to want to look at what someone else did and we want to do exactly what they did and repeat it like a like a pattern, like a magic formula that's gonna, because it worked for them, it's gonna work for me. The problem with that is you don't know why that worked for them. You don't know where that person's heart was. You don't know what God was trying to teach them and show them through their armor, through the way that God chose to bring it about in their life. And what you need to understand is just because someone else, Face to giant that way, doesn't mean that that's how God's asking you to face your giant. You know, maybe you're someone who's really dealing with fear. And so the way that you're going to face off with your giant is by having faith and not being afraid and taking that step. Maybe you're someone who needs to start declaring the word of God because you're someone who hasn't ever respected the word of God before. And so you need to declare the word of God of your situation. Maybe how you're gonna face this giant is you just need to rest in his peace and rest in his finished work. Whatever it is, you don't know what that is Based on someone else's life. And you need to make sure that you're not trying to use someone else's armor to face off with your giant. You need to go back to what God has been teaching you, what God has been showing you. Now, there is the armor of God in the book of Ephesians, and that's not what I'm talking about. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, sword of truth, those are all things that are for everyone, right? The word of God, faith, righteousness, these are all revelations of who you are in Christ. And those are all things that apply to all of us at all times. So that's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we may be facing a sickness. And God has already provided healing for that. But what happens is sometimes we'll look at someone else who battled that same sickness and we'll go, okay, what scripture did you use? Uh, How many paces did you walk around your house? How loudly did you quote the verse? What did you eat? What did you, and we try to, to match exactly what they did. And what happens is you're not putting faith in God and what God did for you on the cross. You're now putting your faith in what someone else did to magically bring about the result that you want. And that's not faith in God. That's not putting faith in his word. And so what the enemy wants to do, if he can't keep you from wanting to stand off against this giant, he'll try and get you distracted with what someone else is doing and how someone else faced off with their giant. And while it's good to hear stories of people facing off with their giants, it builds faith because what God has done for them, surely he will do for you. But you can't copycat the pattern of how someone brought it to pass and then try it for yourself like a magic formula. Because again, it's revealing that your trust isn't in God. Your trust is in a magic formula. Your trust is in the outward circumstances lining up perfectly and then maybe it'll happen for you. And that's not how you face off with your giants. David was loaded with Saul's armor, really strong stuff that would have protected him from maybe a couple of blows. (laughs) It wouldn't have done much, but it weighed him down down. It was heavy. It didn't fit. It was awkward. He had never used those things before. And they wouldn't have helped him on the battlefield at all. What he needed to do was go back to what he had used before with the lion and the bear. That's why it's so important to build a history with God. You need to build a history of God coming through for you, of trusting him and using what's in your hands to bring about victory in your life. Because when you do that, you can use those same things for future battles. But it's really important that you don't forget how God did it. David didn't fight off the lion and the bear because he had a sword and a shield and armor and all of this amazing kingly stuff, he did it because he had a slingshot and he just trusted God. And that was how he was going to face off with Goliath, a slingshot and trusting God. So no matter what you're going through in life, make sure that you're not trying to put on someone else's armor. You're not trying to copycat exactly the way someone else did it, but that you're keeping your faith in God, what he's placed in your hands, what he's leading you to do, and what he's already done for you on the cross. All right, and the fourth and final thing that will help you with facing your giants is found in verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel. You have defied him. Today, the Lord will hand you over to me. Today, I'll strike you down, remove your head, and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the wild creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. He will hand you over to us. It is so important that we keep our trust in God's ability to fight our battles and not our own. And that's exactly what David does right here. When he walks out to face Goliath, he doesn't charge. He doesn't act before he can have a chance to be afraid. But what he does is he proclaims the victory of, Before he has it. And the reason why he does it isn't, it's not because he's trying to convince himself or because he's trying to convince others. He's proclaiming the victory because he knows it's already won because it's God's battle. And that's something that we need to remember when we're facing off with giants in our life is that we're not going to win because we're so strong. We're not going to win because we're so smart. We're not going to win even because we deserve to win. Because there's going to be something that the enemy can point out in your life that's going to disqualify you from winning if it's based on you. If it's based on you and your goodness, the enemy will find something to distract you with, to condemn you, and make you think, look, this is why you can't win. This is why you deserve this defeat. This is why you can't be victorious. And so it's important that we don't put our trust in our own strength, but that we instead put our trust in God, declare the victory before we've even received it, because we know that God has already won the battle and that we fully put our trust in him. David had been, um, you know, David wasn't getting distracted by the taunts of other people. He was staying busy doing what God told him to do and practicing with the sheep and with the lion and the bear and being faithful. He wasn't using someone else's armor. He was using the slingshot that God had been training him with. And he did all of those things. But at the end of the day, when he stood there on that battlefield with a little slingshot and five little stones and with a giant Goliath in front of him, there is nothing that could have caused him to win other than his faith in God. And so when you feel like you're standing there on that battlefield and there's a giant in front of you and you've been faithful in the small things and you're using what God told you to use, stay strong in the knowledge that God is on your side. And when you put your trust in him to help you through it, then the battle is yours The battle is yours not because you are so strong, but because he is strong. He is always standing there right behind you, guiding your every move. You may not have the ability and the natural to do what you need to do to face off with the giants in your life. You may not have the education. You may not have the strength. You may not have the courage even. you know, Maybe you do feel afraid and that's okay. But what you need to understand is that if you have a willing heart and you're willing to let God use you in big ways, then He will guide your hands. He will guide your mouth. He will guide your path. And He will lead you to places that you can never imagine. And He will cause the giants to fall before you because of his power and his strength and his might. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And if you would like to hear more episodes from me, then make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much. And remember until next time to write the story of your life well.